from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop. Facebook Live, facebook.com backslash live now DT, and also on MixLR, our live streaming radio worldwide. You can hear it in Arizona, you can hear it in Spain, you can hear it anywhere on MixLR.com backslash DT. Live from the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. We thank you so much for tuning into the show. On the broadcast with us right now from the West Coast, so it it be early over there. It's 7 a.m., but this man always gets up for wake-up call, and I can't thank him enough. He is uh, not only a former DB for Syracuse, but he is uh, is somebody that I'm proud to call a friend and, and has been, a, a, honestly, a very a good friend to me, and, and I cannot wait for my wedding invitation. I got to keep laying that foundation that I got to be at that wedding. But Darius Kelly's with us right now. Darius, how are we doing? Great, Dan. How you doing? Doing well. Now, am I am I still getting invited? Am I still on that list or no? Absolutely, absolutely. You, you know, you're always going to be on the list. It's not going to change. <laughs> always got the invite. <laughs> All right. Now, when is this supposed to happen? Oh, still working on the plan right now. Um, within the next year, for sure. Yeah. So you put now tell everybody. I know we talked about it a little bit, but. For to refresh some Syracuse uh, fans here, how did you propose? <laughs> um, over over uh, game night with the family, um, you know, we spelled it out on the game, and um, you know, just right there at home, you know, with the family and hanging out, and uh, it was intimate, intimate, but it was exactly how um, we would want it with family sitting around uh, on New Year's Eve, so. Well, now, what was the game you were playing? Um, Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. So you, so, so, bring me into how you spelled this thing out on Wheel of Fortune. Like, uh, was is it a board game or bring me into it? Yeah, it is. It is. A, it's a board game. Okay. Um, so you're you're spinning the wheel there, um, and you're you know obviously buying vowels, buying letters, and all that stuff. And obviously, as we're going. Um, towards the end, she's like looking, like confused, like what is this? What is this? And uh, as we get towards the end, like it spells it out, obviously, but it doesn't it doesn't really hit her until you know, you know, I stand up and then I actually, you know, get down the knee and do it. So that's kind of how it happened. It was fun. It was it was enjoyable. The family was all there, and it was and it was great. Now, what what made you pick? I understand being around the family and game night and all that. And, and having it, you know, with the people that you love. What made you pick, like, Wheel of Fortune and to do it that way? I don't know. It just, it was something different. Um, you know, it was, it's a new game that we, you know, wanted to bring to the family. And, you know, it was just something different, you know. And that's, uh, you know, kind of how it came about. I don't know. No, no rhyme or reason, just something different. And uh, I thought it was a great way to spell it out. And, you know, it would be surprising because obviously it's just over a game. So, so who who does this? Is there like somebody who's 
the gatekeeper of it that's not playing that's like creating the puzzle yes um her mother was uh was kind of helping me out a little bit um you kind of are you spell it out before and you just pull the tabs and then a letter comes out from the back and she was kind of you know the person that was um you know pulling pulling out the letters and kind of presenting it out as we were going all playing the game so pretty amazing here and now i feel like i have learned that you know, if and when this this man gets uh, married again on the other end of the phone conversation, you know, because uh, the the first one didn't take Darius, <laughs> but but, but uh, if the if the man does it again, now I got to step up my game. See, because that's the thing. I'm a hopeful. See, I feel like, and I've told you this before. You and I are very similar. Similar comedy, hopeless romantics. There's a lot of positive there. You're a good kid, care about mama, you got, you know, you know what I mean? You, you, you have that love for your family and, you know, for people that have passed on, you stay close, you got a strong faith, you have all those things that, that matter to you and I'm right with you on it. So now I feel like I got to, I got to step my game up. I got to do like scrabble on top of a horse during a sunset on a beach. So I'm ready. <laughs> you got it, man. You got it. Yeah, no so. worries. <laughs> So we're speaking here with Darius Kelly, uh, Darius Kelly, former defensive back and, and also worked in the special teams unit with the Syracuse Orange football team. He is here with us right now on the broadcast, and we are in our week to kick off officially. We started off the week to kick off with Rob Carpenter. Darius Kelly is today. We have the likes of Eric Kroom and Rob Long and uh, Dan Conley and Will Hunter and so on and so forth coming up this week. Very excited about it. All different time periods at these Gentlemen have played in. Rob Conrad will be a part of the show. We just found that out yesterday, so we're excited about that as well as we work hard to get as many players in as we can. So, Darius, uh, this team is stepping off of a season where they went 10-3. and They went to a bowl game at Camping World in Orlando. It was almost a, a New Year's one. It was late December after Christmas, December 28th. They got to go down there. They played up against rival West Virginia. They've now beaten West Virginia. Syracuse has three times in a row the last three times that they've played them. They've defeated them. So we have saw that success. We saw what they were able to do during the season, how closely they played a team like Clemson on the road and almost got that victory, and Clemson went on to become the national champion. What did you take away from last year's team and the fact that it's been a very, very, very long time and the last couple seasons you could add them together and they wouldn't have as many wins as Syracuse had last year so just what did you take away from last year yeah just just watching them um last year the the main thing that i saw was there was no doubt in their mind what they were going to do when they were coming out there there was no uh it wasn't they weren't surprised by any of those to go to win 10 games at all and it just seemed that way there was no um you know there was no over excitement it was we were on a mission and we're going to go win these games every time we're stepping out on the field i mean even with those you know, late comeback wins those um in win the game in the last couple of series um you know there was just no doubt that they were going to what they were going to do every time they stepped on the field and it was it was good to see that um especially you know in the year before last they they beat clemson and you know obviously that year there was there was probably what not too much surprise but um, there was no, there was not as much um, 
you know, confidence as it was um, this past year. And it was good to see that. Just those guys playing with confidence and, and knowing exactly what they were going to do every time they stepped on the field. And, you know, a lot of those guys are returning this year, and I, and I expect the same. You know, and, and to see that, to see this team, you know, finally get there, you know, for for you to be, you know, an alum of Syracuse's football program and to go through the, you know, the recent blood, sweat, and tears and whatnot, you know, what does it say to you about what Dino's doing with this team and, and how he's building this team? Because, you know, obviously when you were at Syracuse, the team was having some success at times, and then, you know, there was there was obviously those those tough roads that happen and whatnot. So what have been kind of your, your takeaways of, of how Dino's leading this ship as he steps into his fourth season? Man, I would say he's, he's leading that thing, you know, amazingly. I mean, I, I, even out here, uh, he's a, he's an Arizona guy. He's a lot of the, the U of A guys out here. They know who he is and they all say great things about how, you know, how amazing of a person he is a great coach. And, um, you know, it's good to see that. I, I would say he's doing a great job. Got these guys believing in everything that he is saying, everything that he is implementing. And, you know, it is, it's just great to see, you know, as an alumni at a school that I've been to, that I've watched almost every Saturday and keep up with as much as I can, that they're doing well. And he's obviously, I mean, Proust in the wins. I mean, <laughs> he got some big wins under his belt. His first one, Virginia Tech, and then you knock off Clemson, and then you got Florida State, and then you should have knocked off Clemson last year. I mean, these those are those are those aren't cakewalk games that that he's winning, and they're doing it in a in a way that's it's fun to watch. They're not just accidentally winning these games; they're going out there and dominating those teams that they that they beat. Those big time, you know top 10 teams in the country so it's just it's great to see speaking here with syracuse football alum uh, defensive back darius kelly here this morning on wake up call with dan tortora in our official week two kickoff as we get set for the 2019 season which believe it or not is this saturday august 31st at 6 p.m eastern time with syracuse traveling to lynchburg virginia to face off against independent liberty uh, Darius, does it shock you? I mean, I know you're a coach right now at Catalina, but does it shock you how quickly football season rolls back around and the fact that we're literally in this moment just a few days away from Syracuse playing their first game and we've already seen college football on television? It, 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 for everybody that kind of misses it and gets sad about it, Super Bowl ends and then there's no college football and there's no NFL you know, going on and, and whatnot – there's that moment where where true football fans feel like they are lost, and then you blink, and it's the start of the season. Is does it just feel like it keeps getting quicker and quicker? It actually does. I was just talking about that the other day. Um, you know, as a player, it felt like it took forever to come back around, and I, I would say um, maybe because I was just going through the grind and and working and going and going and going, but. You know, now that I'm, you know, coaching and going through the everyday life of things, it's, you know, it seems like, um, you know, as soon as I put the plan down, I turn around and shoot, we're, in, we're in game one, uh, week one and going through everything and preparing for week two on our end. But, um, you know, it's been, it's it, it definitely seems like it's going coming around a lot faster. Sports in general, like, it just flies by and it 
come sneak up on you, especially at the you know in the state I am in my life and where I'm at. It's uh, it seems like it's not slowing down for sure. And you know, and, and when we look at you know kind of what's happening here, I want to go back to your history a little bit, and you know back to I mean you were on this team for a few seasons and. And you went through, like I said, you know, some of the positives and then also some of the adversity that the team has had in recent history. You were a part of a team that went to the last bowl game before Syracuse went to the Camping World Bowl. In the Texas Bowl against Minnesota, you had four solo tackles, five tackles overall in that game under Scott Schaefer. Just what you could say about that, because your team was the last team to go to a bowl game before Dungey and the crew did it this past season. So just what that means to you. And you were literally a part of the last time that Syracuse had a winning season before this past season. Yeah, I mean, you know, that team that year, we, you know, that came off, uh, you know, a bowl, bowl game the year, just the year before. Um, you know, so the winning tradition, we still had a lot of guys that was there and who understood how to win and, you know, you know that the year we came back, my senior year. Um, you know, we had a, a younger team, and we had a lot of turnover, and uh, we were just trying to find a way to win. And um, you know, we obviously didn't get it done, you know, as much as we wanted to. But um, you know, that year, that last bowl game, it was just we just had a lot of guys, a lot of veterans who understood how to win the game. We had a good coaching staff, great guys there. But um, yeah, I would say that last year we were there, it was just. The guys that were there really, really understood how to win. The year after that, and the years after that, you know, it was a lot more turnover. Teams were younger, and uh, you know, just trying to find a way to win. And I think it's finally, you know, starting to catch up to to where we're at now. You know, ten win season, and, uh, and I think it's going to continue to grow. You know, especially through the recruiting and getting the right guys in the mix and keeping those guys there, and you know, redshirting guys. And, having older guys on your team once you're you know once they get through all the years and it's just it's it was it's it's a good good thing to see but uh that last year going back to you know the bowl game you know I, I was surprised that it took that long you know to get back to it but um you know I would say it had a lot to do with the guys that were there from the year before that got the job done and really you know honed in and showed us how to how to win a games so that was it was good though really good I mean you going through that and and having that what did it teach you I mean to to have a winning season and to be able to go to the bowl game and to win the bowl game and then after that the team starts to you know slide down a bit to three and nine and then we see you know Shafe had four and eight in his last season and then Babers had four and eight for two seasons after that so we're seeing a team that's only winning three to four games a season, and when you add up, you know, you add up just just four. I mean, if you add up the four seasons in and of themselves, it's fifteen wins over four years, and then Syracuse gets ten last year. So obviously, there's been a change, a little climate change that hopefully will last and continue for this Syracuse team. But you know, just what it taught you to know what it feels like to win, know what it feels like to get to the bowl game and get a victory. And then to go through some of that adversity, what that taught you and, and how you can maybe impart some knowledge and wisdom on your players of the ups and downs of football. Yeah, it's just, you know, you can't take well, winning for granted. Um, you know, everybody think winning games is is easy to do, um, but it's, it's really not. 
And when teams are winning, um, you know, some some guys they take it for granted, like, oh, okay, you know, we win, we win, we win. And um, you know, you, you when that stops, you, you kind of take it. You look back and like, man, you know, what was what were we doing to win all those games, and now we're losing. And um, you know, you just can't take it for granted. And that's really, you know, what I try to you know tell these tell our tell my guys now. Um, you know, you can't take it for granted. Winning is not ever going to be easy. There's a whole lot of work that goes into it. There's a whole lot of planning, a whole lot of things that that, that are, goes into even the the slightest of wins. Winning by one point, we're winning in a seven to six football game. You know, even blowing out teams, you know, it's it's not easy to do. So it's you can easily take winning for granted when you're going to bowl games. You're even winning national championships, but um. You know, that's the biggest thing. Just, it's tough not to take it for granted, and that's the biggest thing that that you can't do from season to season. So, you know, like you said, not taking winning for, winning for granted and, and obviously knowing how hard it is to do. Uh, were you shocked last year at, at what Syracuse had done? Were you, were you, you know, was it a pleasant surprise? Was it a shock? Did you, I mean, how, how was your reaction to it to see a team go from 4-8 and eight in the basement of the ACC to being ten and three, and and very well could have been eleven and two. I mean, there were some things that that happened with Syracuse last year. I mean, things just started to click. They came together. There was true freshmen that stepped up in a huge way. Obviously, Dungy stayed healthy and was able to do some good things with that. But you know, defensively, the secondary has stepped up in such a massive way. The the defensive line that had lost a lot over the years was getting stronger again. There was some veterans at linebacker. Was was it a pleasant surprise? Was it a shock? How did you respond? Well, I was definitely pleasantly surprised. Um, but watching them the the first couple of games and. Um, just going through everything, it's like I said. It just was, there was no doubt what they were going to do. So being able to see them do that, I wasn't. I wouldn't say extremely surprised, but just watching the way they carry themselves on the field, the way they were going about things, even against teams who weren't as inferior um, the first couple of games. But it's just watching their approach to those type of games. It just showed how their season was really going to go, um, you know. Not 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 pulling off the gas, even with their second string guys, um, and the depth really showed. Even against when they had to, you know, pull back a little bit, they were still dominating teams and still running the things and doing the things that they wanted to do. And you know, defensively, I'd say um, minus a couple of games there. Um, they were lights out, and I want to say they're probably probably top in the nation at one point um, in the season for sure defensively. For you to to see guys like Andre Cisco and and Trill Williams and Chris Frederick and Ifatu Malafonwu and and so on and so forth. I mean, what can you say about the secondary? Because you being a former Syracuse DB, obviously, I'm sure you key in. On, on that, you know, those positions and kind of what's going on in the back line of the defense. And, you know, just what you could say about that unit, especially the fact that Trill Williams and, and Andre Cisco were able to come onto this team and, and make such a splash in the, you know, in, in camp to show Dino and the crew that they should be out there. And then obviously, you know, earning honors throughout the weeks and 
coming in with a lot of respect this season. Just what you could say about, you know, the, the secondary Syracuse has in general, especially about some of those young guys. Yes. I mean, looking at Cisco, I mean, he's a freshman and we're going to get first team all American, um, you know, at safety, uh, just watching him and it just shows how much to me, even since I have been gone from college, how much it has changed, um, even athletically and, just those guys flying around back there. They're long, you know, they're fast, they're smart. Um, they're, those, those guys back there, they're, they're lights out. Um, and it shows just off their production and, you know, really just the coaches, I mean, putting them in the right spots to make plays. But, I mean, if the coach puts them in the right spot, they still have to make the play. And those guys are just pure playmakers who are extremely smart and just have a knack for the ball. And they're not, they're not small guys either. They're not, you know, they have long arms. They're, and they're, they're big, they're filled out and even they're young. And that's, <laughs> that's the crazy part is, uh, you know, watching, even, like I said, Cisco and he's, uh, he's still a pup and he's looks like a grown man out there. So, you know, it's good to see. Yeah. You know, and, and for, for you, obviously to, to see that unit, grow and, and blossom and whatnot and, and with, with Trill and Cisco kind of playing off each other and, and playing so well and Ifatu Malafamu doing some good things and whatnot, I I look back to your time. Did you have a, a favorite guy to play alongside? Was there somebody in the secondary that, you know, kind of gave you fuel or you gave them fuel? Did you have that? Oh, yeah. Um, look at, you know, Darrell Eskridge. Uh, he was always uh, one of the guys that, you know, who was – leader in the secondary um you know brandon radish um that corner over there and um even even my first year you know keon lynn um, even though he got injured i mean he was always a guy who who was a honestly i say if he didn't get injured his last year he would probably have been drafted top rounds that corner he was he was the, at that time a prototype type of corner. He was, I mean, six two, long arm, could run. I mean, could come out of a break like no other. I mean, I mean, Syracuse always had DBs that come. I mean, you can go back a couple of years, just watching those guys who just had a knack for the ball and just always coming downhill, making plays. I mean, especially in that that Scott Schaefer defense. I mean, even when he was D coordinator and head coach, I mean, he had those. Every year, I mean, Marco Thomas. I mean, <laughs> the list really goes on when it comes to DBs coming out of Syracuse, and uh, it's nice to see uh, a even younger group there of guys there. Who I'd say, I mean, I mean, I'm not afraid to say it. They're they're a lot better than the guys that I named for sure, no question. And in a faster pace of game, and in uh, a game that now they throw the ball all over the place every single play, and it's nonstop. So I, I, I wouldn't hesitate to say that those guys are, um, are have a have a lot of talent and would compete. Probably would be competing, trying trying to take our positions back then for sure. So no question. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and and to to look at what they're doing as they step forward here with Darius Kelly. Syracuse football alum as we're here in the week to kick off with alum all throughout the week. Rob Carpenter has been with us. You can go back and watch and listen to that. Darius Kelly is with us today. We have Eric Kroom coming up here this week as well as Rob Conrad. Rob Long is going to be joining the show. Zach Mahoney will be a part of it. Will Hunter, 
Uh, very excited to everybody that Dan Conley as well. Everybody's going to be jumping on the air with us and, and speaking on this year's Syracuse football team. So let's look at this season. We have on the schedule, Darius, uh, this is how the season breaks down for us right now. So they'll be at Liberty this weekend at Maryland, Clemson, Western Michigan, Holy Cross at home, at NC State, Pitt at home, at Florida State, BC at home, at Duke, at Louisville, and Wake Forest at home. What are your thoughts on on wins and losses? Where do you put this Syracuse team? You know, is it a five-win team? Is it an eight-win team? What do you feel comfortable about saying? Man, I would love to say, you know, they're going to go undefeated this year. I mean, they're, they're honestly, to me, there isn't a game that I would say is is a automatic win just because of how, you know, the game goes. I mean, it can bounce anyway. Um, but I'd say, I mean, realistically, I'd say they will, they will – they could win every game. The only one on the schedule that I'm extremely worried about, obviously, is Clemson. And, you know, other than that, I say they would go, you know, they could win all, every game. And, uh, but the only game on the schedule that, honestly, I'm worried about is Clemson, especially because it's pretty early in the season. Um, you know, they're still game three of the season. You're playing the number one team in the country. I mean, you know, game three. Hopefully, by game three, your all these all your mistakes are out of the way. All of your, you know, still trying to figure out who your guys are, your rotations as a coach, um, is out the way. You know, but that's tough to come in game three playing the number one team in the country, coming off a national championship team, who obviously is reloaded for sure. So, um, to me, that's the game that I'm most worried about for them but obviously you know Clemson and Syracuse game that's obviously not something that you want to just mark off as a win for Clemson for sure because of the past history <laughs> I mean two years in a row we should have beat them so um I don't I see that being even just as big as a game as it has been in the past two years but um if they get past Clemson and they win those first two games um I think they're they're gonna they could obviously run the table. I, that's what I think. I really do, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did. And I don't think anybody on that team would be surprised either, just because they've seen how it could be done just a year before. And I mean, they're one or two plays away from. I mean, from being eleven and one. I mean, you look back to the pit game that they lost. I mean, they made out seventy six points. I mean. How often is that going to happen? The ball falls one other way. You know, they're 11 and 1. I mean, they look back to the Clemson game. You know, we make that tackle on that third and long on the quarterback. We beat them. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Uh, so that's it. I mean, they're one or two plays away from being undefeated, and I don't see why they can't be undefeated this year. Yeah, you know, and, and that's some big words, you know, coming here from Darius Kelly this morning that, you know, you don't you don't see how how they couldn't go undefeated. And, you know, this is this is a team that has obviously gotten into a place where, you know, it, it's it's funny. I mean, it, and for anybody that thinks that it was just last year, it's not. I mean, this is something that's been building over time. 
I told people to give Dino time because what did he say? He said you have to have faith, belief without evidence. And that's something that I live in every single day. It's something that I appreciate every single day. It's something that I had to live with recently, you know, having faith, belief without evidence, which is one of the hardest things to do, but you have to have it. You know, you have to have belief without evidence and you have to have faith in, in what you have out there because if you don't have that faith, then you really can't accomplish anything. And faith comes with trust and trust comes with belief. And if you don't have those things at your baseline as your foundation, well, then you're, you're kind of bound to fail. And that's, you know, that's just how it is because you have to have, you know, you have to have, you have to have faith in your teammates. You have to have faith in yourself. It doesn't matter what other people think of Syracuse's team. It matters what Syracuse thinks of themselves. It's great to be ranked in the top 25 in the AP and the coaches poll. It's great to be selected right behind Clemson in the Atlantic division. And, you know, it's great for me to see the media actually value Syracuse now where I've been saying things for you. I remember being a couple years ago, being at the ACC media days down in Charlotte and I was talking about Eric Dungy and one of the one of the guys that was sitting there I think we were in Charlotte we were in Pinehurst or Charlotte and I'm sitting there and there's a bunch of people that cover from the North Carolina South Carolina area and they said so is this Dungy guy pretty good like you know would you say he's okay I mean is there something to watch and I just remember sitting there going do you cover college football because I mean Dungy was the guy on the team. He was he was the heart and soul of the team. The team went as he went. And it was just kind of crazy to me that nobody really did research on Syracuse. It was just voting for the Carolinas and voting for the teams that people are used to seeing in the ACC. And now to see the majority of the media actually sit there and say, yeah, I think that Syracuse is right there behind Clemson in the Atlantic division. That's where I voted them in, and, and that's that's where the majority of the ACC had them voted, and I think that that says a lot about what Syracuse is doing. But on top of all of that, Darius, it matters what you do on the field. It doesn't matter where you're ranked. It doesn't matter where you're predicted. So what are your words of advice to a team that is now getting a taste of what it's like to be ranked, to be respected, to have some expectation going into the season? What would be your advice to them? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean – like I said before, um, you just don't take it for granted last year. You still got to put in the same work. You still got to go out there and, and, and perform. I mean, rankings mean absolutely nothing, obviously. Um, thinking back to when they just knocked off Clemson two years ago, they were number one team in the country. Didn't mean a daggone thing. Um, you know, just take it one game at a time. Um, that's it. They have one goal in mind, and that's to, to go undefeated. And the only way you can go undefeated is going out and play on Liberty. I mean, that's that's it. You got to go out and, and dominate Liberty. You got to go out and, and dominate um, every single game every week. But it's, it's one week at a time. One week at a time. You can't look past any team because that's that's how you lose. That's exactly how you lose uh, lose games is looking past teams. So. Just take it one week at a time. Take it, take it slow, and focus on the task at hand and know the end goal. And that's it. One week at a time and know the end goal. 
to see Syracuse. Uh, speaking here with Syracuse football alum Darius Kelly in our week to kick off. The alumni are joining Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, as they always do throughout the year, but they're joining us in this official week to kick off in our special every single day piecing Wake Up Call, just connecting each of these shows Monday through Friday as we head into the August 31st season opener on the road for Syracuse at Liberty at 6 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday, August 31st. I asked this to Rob Carpenter. I would love to know your thoughts on this, Darius. Biggest positive on this year's team and then biggest question mark, what, what you would say for each of those? I'd say the biggest positive, um, you know, would be that DeVito had a lot of uh, playing time last year. And, you know, with him getting that experience and uh, the opportunity to step on the field is going to be is the biggest positive. And you turn that around, the biggest negative is that now that the biggest question mark, not negative, the biggest question mark would be even going to him again because now he's the starter. He is the guy. There is no more, I come in and as a relief, I come in and do this. No, you are the guy. And we haven't seen him, you know, start and finish every single game and to me, that's the biggest question mark. But the positive behind that is that he had, had a lot of time to play last year, and he was in some thrown in some big situations and critical moments and had to make plays. So um, that there alone, you know, to me, is the big, biggest positive, but also the biggest question mark, just because now he's the guy. There's no, um, there's no question who the guy is. So. Right. I mean, there's there's nobody. I mean, obviously, everybody's got a backup, but he's supposed to be the guy. I mean, he's supposed to be, you know, speaking on Tommy DeVito, you know, he there's there's him, you know, it's no. OK, you got to come in for a series or two because Dungy's coming out or we want to see what you can do. So what would be your advice to to Tommy DeVito? What would you say to him? I know you you gave advice to the team, but as Tommy steps into a starting role, as he takes over this team, he looks like somebody who has no worries in going out and doing what he's got to do. I mean, he came out, and this is probably going to stick with me forever, but he came out last season and on the first play dropped back, set his feet, and threw a 60-plus yard pass down the field. And he doesn't come out cold. He comes out, you know, firing. He comes out hot. He comes out wanting it and, and going after it right away. This is a guy who seems to have some swagger, a, you know, confidence. He's obviously an, he's an Elite 11 quarterback. He's someone who's had experience in the game. He's helped the team win in the past. So what's your advice to him as he takes over in this new role because now he's the official, official starter? So what's what's the advice to Tommy DeVito as he leads the team? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I never really had to play quarterback before, um, but I do know, you know, the approach to – being coming in and subbing in for somebody and having to come and be the guy. But um, to me, that the biggest advice I could give um, to my knowledge and just through experience is, you know, just like I said, just take it slow. Um, things are going to happen. Don't get frustrated and just focus on the task at hand. I mean, know the other team. I'm sure the coaches will have him ready for that. But just just take it slow. 
take it as slow as possible. Let the game come to you. I mean, obviously, you know, you know, you can, you can bomb the ball down the field, sixty yards, not even warming up too much. But um, just take it slow, get get in rhythm, and just be a leader. Just lead those guys. Be a good teammate. And, uh, get get everyone get everyone involved, and and just go out there and have fun with it, man. That's that's the biggest thing. Quarterback, just go out there and have fun. Just look at Dungey every every single week, no matter what. He just went out there and had fun. <laughs> he sacrificed his body and and had fun. And that's I'm sure Dungey and all those guys, you know, have told him that for sure. Just go have fun. You know, it's still a game that you love. And, uh, you know, just obviously there's some rules in there that you throw it in there and there's some structure to the game. But it's just like going out there, throwing a ball around the backyard. Just go have fun with it. That coming from Darius Kelly, Syracuse football alum, DB on the team. Uh, Darius, before I let you go, I do want to get into, you know, your, your coaching ranks and what you're doing with Catalina, I want to jump into that because you got a, a a new opportunity, a fun opportunity here for you to be the head football coach, you know, for Catalina and for you know Catalina Foothills High School, and and obviously to be in familiar surroundings in Arizona. Just what you're learning as a coach, what you're doing, just you know, bring me into the world of, of Tucson, Arizona, and and, and all the uh, all the positives that can come from you know the new opportunity that you have. Oh, yeah. I mean, getting, like I said before, man, just having the opportunity to, you know, work with these guys. Um, you know, I have a team who, you know, is really young and uh, not necessarily young in age, but young to in experience to football. And, uh, you know, it's fun. To, it's fun to be coaching these guys. I mean, you know, coaching up seniors and coaching up juniors and getting these guys to you know, to understand, you know, the ins and outs of the football game and how we want things done. Um, you know, it's it's fun to see, you know, and one of the things we spoke about yesterday is, you know, this is our team, you know, um, is growing up together at the same time. You know, I'm a first-year head coach. I mean, there's things that I'm still learning and there's things that they're still learning. I mean, I have coaches on staff who've, you know, been coaching for – 20 plus years and been, you know, played at totally different levels, higher levels, you know, Hall of Fame, um, O-line coach and, you know, NFL for 13 years. But every day we're learning something new, you know, and, you um, know, it's just good to see, you know, even when we had the game the other night, we, we watched the team just grow up together um, through it all. So we're, you know, we're building something. Um, the guys are they're buying into what we're doing, and uh, and it was just good to see because I had like maybe eight guys on the field who hasn't played a, a down of football go out there and you know make mistakes, but coming back and watching the film on Saturday, they knew exactly what their mistake was, and that there alone, you know, just having getting giving those guys a chance to get on the field finally um, and be able to make plays. I mean, our quarterback who you know, hasn't really played much at all ever as a high school football player. And he started his first game this week. And, uh, and I'd say he did fairly well. He was composed. Um, it's just those little things that uh, that we definitely got to work on as a unit. But overall, you know, having a young team and having a, a young coachable team, to me, is, is, is the funnest thing. Because, yeah, they're going to make mistakes, but they're going to learn from the mistakes really fast just because they're coachable. And for you, you know, to kind of look in the mirror 
what what are you most excited about and what are you kind of demanding of yourself because you know I think it's interesting and I and I, I love asking coaches this all the time is you know what what's going through your mind what's you know what what are you looking for yourself to do how are you looking to grow how are you looking to advance because we always talk about the players and what the players need to do but what do you need to do as a coach and and just kind of what you've what you've demanded of yourself as you step into the role yeah I mean to me uh, the biggest thing like I said I, there's a lot of growth that I'm that I'm definitely doing um, you know but I'm, I demand of myself um, to really just put these guys in the right position um, you know to hold myself accountable for you know all the every call or decision that I make um, if I'm gonna go with it I go with it if it goes right it's because the players did it if it goes wrong it's because I made the wrong call. Um, so that's that's really you know how I want to go about this thing is you know shining a light on on those guys as much as possible and um, you know and just being there for them you know these are still kids being there for them as much as possible but um, but for sure holding myself accountable and holding them accountable for everything and uh, you know when we lose it's on me when they win it's because they they bought in and they did everything that they could and uh, for sure. So that's, that's the type of team we have. Um, these guys, they work extremely hard. They never they never want to disappoint, which is really good to see. And they care about us. They care about everything that they're doing. And, uh, you know, I've been around that before where teams, they don't, they're kids who just want to do their own thing, but that's not what we have. We have a bunch of guys who want to make us proud of them, and we absolutely are proud of them. But that's 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 their main goal is to they want to do well and they want to be coached and just to have that you don't always have that at the high school level and it's just good to have for sure absolutely and and, and you having the opportunity to coach them the opportunity to mold young minds and to be a part of this is is something extremely special and you know does it feel full, full circle for you because you know you're still a young guy in this world and you know, you obviously came up the ranks. You played in high school. You played collegiately. You got to Division One FBS level, and you know, you obviously uh, tried out for the NFL and, and got to do some things with that, and then got to be an assistant coach, and now you're uh, a head coach. So you've experienced a lot of different pieces of it. Does it feel like it's come full circle? And do you ever think uh, about you know how you were as a player when you're looking at these guys? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean. I did a lot of I made a lot of mistakes as a player. Um, you know, there was you know things that I thought I saw on the field, and you know there was reads that I I thought I had and reads on the field that I could have sworn that that was the right one to make. And you know, I see it all the time. And um, you know, I was I was a little bit hard headed at times, but um, and sometimes when our, when our guys kind of get that way, I understand exactly why they made a mistake, especially at the DB side of things, uh, why they made that mistake, what their thought process was. And to me, that's why I think having a coach who has played the game and um, been around the game is, is to me the, probably the best coach because you understand what you see. I mean – one of our coaches, uh, Glenn Parker, he speaks about this all the time. Um, you know, 
people say the film the film doesn't lie but that's not true the film does lie i mean the film is standing on top of you um from a standpoint it's they're seeing it from a different level that film doesn't see when you're standing in front of a guy they don't see that 300 pound guy standing in front of you and you miss that that guy coming around the edge coming around the quarterback you can't see that so the film to you yeah the film does lie when it comes to your viewpoint in the field and that's why being a player you know that as a player there's things that you can't see that the film's going to see that you know when the coach is sitting up there um you know talking about you should have saw this but coach i'm at a different viewpoint than that camera i don't necessarily see that that guy coming around and that's why being a player that a coach that has played to me is so much better because you can relate and you can see the viewpoints that that player is seeing and um yeah so it has come full circle just to get back to that answer it's it's surreal and i and i definitely understand these guys um a lot and everything that they go through on a daily basis for sure Having some fun here in the week to kick off with Darius Kelly, Syracuse football alum, uh, former DB on the team, as well as the current head football coach for Catalina Foothills off in Arizona. Darius, before I let you go, you know we have to do what we always do, and that is play rapid fire. So I need to put you on the hot seat. You need to put me on the hot seat. So to preface a lot of things, I, I, I guess I'll update you a little bit if this helps with anything. I have learned a lot over the last 10 months of my life. Uh, There is a lady in my life that I really care about. My dog just turned three. What else can I say? I just went to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge 15 days before it officially opens at Disney. I have been to Disney three times in the last two months. And yeah, I'm just trying to catch you up in case you want to in case you want to ask me any questions, here's the thing. This is how it is. Like if I was being, you know, if this was like a, if this was like an interrogation, I just gave Darius a bunch of ammo to talk with me about, but I'm just filling you in. I'm letting you know, because you were so open and honest about the wheel of fortune thing and the lady and all that good stuff. And I know as soon as this show is done, she's going to ask where it's at. So I got to get ready and get it, get it out there onto the, uh, the archives and whatnot. So I'm, I'm opening it up. We're going to ask each other three questions apiece before we uh, jump into the ingredients to success that we'll have for you right after this. So, Darius, you and I will, will finish our week to kick off conversation with Rapid Fire. Are you ready to play? Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. So my first question for you is how many proposal ideas did you go through before choosing that one? Oof. I honestly countless. I I can't give you a number on that one. I'm gonna be real honest with you. Okay. <laughs> the can't, there's no number. I would say the minimum probably I don't know fifteen, twenty, maybe twenty. I don't know. Too many. Uh, kind of a one B of this. Did you tell her about the any of the other ideas you had? No, I didn't. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So we're gonna go back and forth. So now you can ask me one. What do you got for me? Okay. Um, let's go to how, how did you and uh, don't know her name. Uh, her name is Kayla. So how did how did we meet? Okay. So this this is actually a good story, and it's it shows my athleticism. So let me tell this as slowly as possible. So um, so basically, what happened was we were supposed to meet, 
and uh, through a mutual friend, and then it never happened. So I was doing an event with uh, one of the local high schools at Home Team Pub. Shout out to Home Team, 7990 Oswego Road in Liverpool. Go out and see them. So uh, I was over there, and there was an event at my church. And so I had texted my friend that originally was supposed to introduce us, and I said, hey, I got out of, um, I got out of my event. You know, the event was only like an hour or so. Are you guys still there? She said, yeah, come out. So it was just starting to rain and they were playing cornhole because my church is like very much community based and bringing everybody together and it's extremely welcoming and whatnot. So they wanted to, you know, get a bunch of young people involved and and play cornhole and they had food for everybody. So they, you know, they moved it inside because it had been raining and whatnot. And, uh, and so I come in, my friend comes over to me and she says, Kayla's here. And I was like, oh, okay. And I had already been through like a bunch of like BS and, you know, I will just say this to you, Darius, the dating world is probably scarier than watching the bird box again. So on Netflix, I don't know if you watched the bird box, but that was horrifying. So, <laughs> but they're, or watching it, you know, Stephen King's it. So it's, it was pretty crazy out there. And so I was kind of just like fatigued of it. And she said, you know, Kayla's over here. So she brings Kayla over. She introduces us, but doesn't really say much. She just says, you know, Dan, this is Kayla, Kayla's Dan. So they said, all right, we're going to play cornhole. So I got the priest next to me, Father Joe, and Kayla's on the other side with my friend. And so my friend goes, you and I are on a team. Kayla and Father Joe are on a team. So before anything gets started, we're inside. The ceilings are massively high in this church, and we're in like the community area. And I take the cornhole beanbag, and I hadn't played in a while, and I take it and I chuck it overhand, and Kayla is down on the other end. We had just met. The, the beanbag goes up in the air after I threw it overhand and drops straight down in through the hole right in front of her. And she's like, and her jaw drops, and she's like, are you serious? She's like, oh, my God. And she's asking, like, did anybody else see that? And I looked up at God, and I went, thank you. And then, you know, and then we just kind of talked after, and I was myself, and, you know, just I like making people laugh, as you know. And so she was laughing, and, and it just kind of meant something to me, and, and so we had a good night. I said good night. Then I host trivia. She came out to trivia. We hung out there a little bit, talked. I kind of joked around with her. And then for some odd reason, something inside of me said call her. So, you know, there's a thing on Facebook where you can like message call. And I called her and we talked for like three hours. And then I went down to Florida for a little self-help vacation. And I didn't want to go with anybody. So I went alone. And, uh, yeah, so I was down in Florida and I was like, I'm not texting her that I land. I don't text any girl that I land cause they don't appreciate it, whatever. And I landed and I told her I landed and I just, something inside of me told me to, and she texted me or she sent me her number on Facebook and was like, you know, here's my number. And there was a little inside joke that we had. So I call, I ended up calling her every day that I was on the trip, which I did not anticipate doing. I came home. She invited me over to the house to meet one of her close friends so we all hung out and then after that like the rest is is history so it kind of just happened fluidly on its own it was crazy but we have so much in common and it's like stuff in common that's not like your normal stuff and and so one of the coolest things that that happened was when I came back from Florida I went to do trivia and I'm there with my right hand guy that's there and so we're walking up and she goes hey I got you a gift and I was like what do you mean? And she has a Ziploc bag full of lime 
Tootsie Rolls because we both, our favorite flavor is lime and nobody likes lime stuff. Like people always give me lime stuff when they get it. And so she had gone to the store with her mom and there's an assortment and she sat there for half an hour and took out all of the green ones to make a bag of just green lime stuff. So there's actually thought in it too and time in it. So I told her I felt like Mariah Carey and because uh, Mariah Carey only likes green M&Ms. So, but the difference between me and Mariah is they all taste the same, like lime is different. So yeah, I mean, she just kind of went and did things that nobody else does and it stuck out to me and you know, now I'm smitten and I told this entire story and her name on the show. Why Darius? Because I'm honest, but for some reason I feel very comfortable when I talk with you about this stuff. So you just got me to, to share that all on the air. So good for you. <laughs> got you. That's uh that's good stuff, man. It's really good. Yeah, I could I could I could sense that, you know, as a friend that you're listening and you can probably tell that I that I care a lot. So I can tell. No question at all. Yeah, I'm sure I'll get some text messages from you about this after. <laughs> so <laughs> my second question for you is what is the single greatest accomplishment? that you have had off the field? Single greatest accomplishment. Um, off the field. I, I can honestly, I can go, I'm going to go all the way back. I talk about this all the time, especially with my guys. Um, when I go back to my junior college days and there was a, I struggled in math coming up. Struggled. Yeah. And uh, now it was, it was college math, whatever it was. Um, and I went to tutoring every single day for about that entire semester. And you know, obviously, there was it came down to me having to pass the final. I had to get a C in the class. And like I said, it was math more subject worse. And like I said, tutoring every single day for you know months and months and months, not wanting to go, not wanting to do this, but you know, and uh, it came down to it that last semester, and I took that math test and I passed. I mean, I got, I think I want to say I got a B on the test. Past the class. I mean, just the struggle I had in that in that class, and the amount of work and time and sacrifice that I had. And when I got the test score back, I don't think I was, you know, happy. You know, passing that passing that test. So that's exactly what I tell my guys, man. Just put in the work for it, and uh, you'll you'll it'll, you'll succeed, and you'll feel the, the success of it. And that that was an accomplishment to me accomplishment passing that one test that i struggled and i put so much work into and that it finally had time to pass so yeah for sure well, that, i mean there's so many more examples but yeah for whatever reason just thinking back to you know me working with the high school kids and that just came to my mind immediately when you asked that question no and that's awesome and it's obviously a great a great story to tell the kids and, and everything that's that's going on so you know, I mean, and, and it's a beautiful thing because it means something to you to work hard to get to that point. What is your second question for me? 
repeat that. I'm sorry. Oh, and I said, what's your second one for me? You're mine for you. Let's see here, man. Um, what is your your dream um, place to visit and why? My dream place to visit. I would say my dream place to visit. I would say it has to be. There's there's a few that are on the list now. I got I I would like to go to San Diego to go see my friend, and I heard that it's like perfect weather and utopia. So I like to say San Diego or California. I want to go to Disney out there. I want to go to D23's Expo, which the next one's 2021. I. Want to go to Spain because I have family there. I want to go to Italy because I have family there. And allegedly, now we have family. Uh, there was talk that we may have some African blood because the name, our name uh, showed up in Egypt. And then there was talk that it was actually Sudanese. And one of my family members did their like Ancestry.com or whatever it is, 23andMe or something like that. And when they did it, I think it was Ancestry, they found out that there is Sudanese blood. So... I grew up thinking I was 100% Italian, and I'm actually Italian, Hispanic, and African, and so I would love to go see where my family came from, and I don't know about the Sudan, I have to look into that part, but as far as Italy and Spain, I believe there's there's still family in Italy, there is family in Spain, and the cool thing about Sudan is that I found this out through hosting trivia, there is no other place in Africa that has more pyramids, including Egypt, than the Sudan. The Sudan has more than 200 pyramids, which is more than double Egypt. So I just think that's kind of cool. And and I never once thought that, you know, I mean, that I would be connected to anything in the Sudan. So I just think it's kind of interesting. So I'd, I would like to kind of retrace my roots is what I'm saying. Gotcha. I think it would be fun. So, and I, and I have no idea what Sudanese food is, so I'm going to have to look into that. No idea. So I know Italian food, I know Spanish food, but I was like, what do they eat in the Sudan? So, okay, that's something, uh, something to look at. My final question for you, Darius, is what animal best describes who you are as a person? Oof. Let's see. Animal. I would have to go with an eagle okay eagle that's what I want to go with um, obviously I mean, they they see everything you know they sit on top of the mountain they observe a whole lot and you know that's just who I am you know and they're, the eagle, I would say, is the, you know, a leader amongst those birds, a uh, leader amongst in their, in their species and, you know, sit out and observe and, and lead through an example and sit on top of the mountain and, and just look down and, and figure out, you know, what the next move is and strategically, you know, attack and strategically, you know, go out and execute whatever it is that they're trying to do, whether it is to feed their family, um, whether it is to, you know, just get through whatever it is they need to get to. And um, and they're very strategic in what they do, and they're leaders amongst what they're doing. So I would say the eagle 
best describes um, me as a, as a as a person. Well, that is a truly awesome, thoughtful answer, and I appreciate it. Your last one for me, Darius. What is it? Um, my last one's for you. Yes, sir. Um, let's see. The end goal with your radio show. What are you trying to accomplish? I know you you've already accomplished a lot. Where do you want to be in the next I don't know, five years with your show? How big do you want it to be? Where do you want it to be heard and seen? So I would say, so my end goal in my radio show, I would say that it would have to, I mean, we do video now, we do audio, uh, we've I've been doing it for just about 17 years. This, when I turned 34 on October 21st, right after that, I, I will officially be a 17-year broadcaster, which means that I will have broadcasted as long as... I, I, I will have broadcast as, as, for as many years as I hadn't growing up. And so from here on out in my life, you know, I will, I will have broadcasted more years than, than not. And that's pretty amazing. So I, I would say, you know, for me, I want the DTBM network. You know, uh, this started with a sports show, started with a Dan Tortora show. And we were at ESPN 630, 1240 and 96.1 FM in Scranton. Then we came to ESPN here 1260 when it was 1260 then 1080 the team down in orlando then back here with the score and then working for fox and all that other stuff and you know for for me i've gotten to do a lot of different things and i really appreciate it and owning the company the company turned seven in july so you know i would love the dtbm network to be a reality i would love for it to be an app i would love for it to be streaming i mean we already stream video and audio and we do it with Dan on Disney. We do it with Super Powered Pop. So, you know, the network is really to be everything. We have Wake Up Call, which it all started with Dan, the Dance Tora show. Then it became Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and it's a sports show. Super Powered Pop is an entertainment show. Dan on Disney is a Disney show, and we do Disney consulting. We MC events. We do all this stuff live and on location. And Florida's become a second home of what I do. My name and my company has is now known throughout the country and outside of the country because of the work that we do and the connections that we've we've made. So, you know, for me, I would love for somebody to have the DTBM network, a variety piece, you know, that you can go and log in or or get a bunch of different ones and, you know, come to us for your information on a lot of different pieces. Uh, I love interviewing, I love talking with people. So, you know, being a uh, you know, having a late night talk show host type of approach with that too would be cool and there's other things I've set my sights on. You know, I've acted before. I would love to act. I would love to screenwrite. I'd love for Sony to give me their entire Spider-Man universe and let me run with that. Uh, I I would love to uh, do some things musically and lyrically. And I've been asked my whole life to to get on the stage and do stand-up comedy. And and because uh, I love making people laugh and it's fun. And and people are always saying, why don't you do it? So. I think the to answer your question of where do I think I'm going, I think I'm going wherever I want to go. I think I'm going where God leads me, and I think that you know everything that I've done that I've done has a connection of integrity, honesty, comedy, humility, uh, networking, bringing people together. 
uh, a place where people can feel safe, uh, not judged, where where faith is is key. So, you know, I think that what connects everything that I do is the right stuff, which makes me believe that it's all going to work out because it has and I and I know that it will. And and so, you know, I, I honestly just I have a lot of ideas, Darius, and I don't think I'm going to stop. I think you're going to see me in movie theaters. I think you're going to tell, you know, I'm going to tell you I'm coming out to Tucson, you know, for my stand up tour. I'm going to keep doing my shows. I'm, you know, going to keep, you know, kicking butt with all that stuff. And, and hopefully one day I could, you know, release an album. If for nothing else, I'd love to release one album uh, in honor of my mother. And, and I told her, I said, I just want to sing with you once for the world to hear. So there's a lot of things that, that I'm working on and none of them are off the table. So I, I guess that's how I answer your question. I like it. Yeah. I like it. So yeah, that's, that's where we're sitting at Darius. There's a lot to be had. So with that be, with that being said, uh, we're, we'll let you go for the day. Mr. Darius Kelly, as you get set for the season at Catalina foothills and, Obviously, we'll be talking with you soon and, and keeping in touch with you. But thank you for being a part of the show today and being a part of a week to kick off. Thank you for your thoughtful questions. And, you know, as always, more than anything, thank you for your friendship, man. Absolutely. Always, Dan. Always. Right, well, I look forward to talking with you soon. And I will always uh, look at Wheel of Fortune in a more special way now. <laughs> <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Say hello to the lady and the family, okay? All right. You as well.